What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Three Rings Podcast. My name is Neil Sinha, joined alongside with Vinayak and Aiden. And today we have an interesting episode going on as the Summer League is getting ready to start. We will give a preview for the Pistons Summer League, as well as a little bit of a recap on free agency in general, but of course for the Pistons specifically. And so, you know, before we get started, obviously you got to plug the socials per usual, so make sure to check us out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, everything. You already know the deal. Uh, Show this to some other Pistons fans or NBA fans. We really appreciate all the support that we can get. And so to get into it, the Pistons Summer League starts up tomorrow. We're recording this on July 6th, and the Pistons will be playing tomorrow, July 7th at 9 p.m., I believe, uh, West Coast time or, or Pacific time. It's, it's a weird thing. It's going to be at midnight here. But anyway, that's besides the point. Detroit will be playing the Portland Trailblazers. And so what are your guys' you know, initial thoughts on the team's roster? Cade and Sadiq, as well as Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart, are listed on that roster. But... What do you guys think of that? I mean, per Vinayak Swaroop, you know, Vinayak Bomb, uh, apparently Cade is not playing in the, the Summer League and neither is Sadiq. But I think this is a make-or-break kind of time for Saban Lee. I think this is a this is an interesting topic to talk about, I know. Um, but, yeah, I think it's make-or-break for him because, you know, he and Killian should be playing the one the whole time. I don't really see any other point guards on this roster besides Cade, who obviously doesn't seem to be playing. So we'll see. We'll see what that does, and that'll move Ivy off ball, and we'll see how he is like that. You know, because obviously you want Cade, you know, the ball in his hands. Um, I think they made some interesting like undrafted free agent signings. I like Stanley Amude from Arkansas. I saw him in college. Uh, Jules Bernard from UCLA, obviously the Bayheim brothers. Not a big Syracuse fan, but obviously the name alone like kind of sticks out. So we'll see. I I don't know what to expect in terms of record because like there's a lot. There's been a lot of teams where it's like they bring out their whole like actual NBA team because their team is so young. And they under like achieve, I guess, because people expect them to win the the summer league. So I don't know. I guess there's not really any expectation for me. But I think the Portland game will be interesting, especially especially with like Shaden Sharp, and then obviously the Jeremy Grant trade yeah. and everything. So we'll see. No, most definitely. Also, I would like to say I didn't. I don't have my sources. I think reading this this thing from Edwards, it looks like Cade and Sadiq may play. If they do, they'll probably play one game. So we'll probably get one game of the full roster. And I think that's actually a thing in Summer League. Like, I know Jaden Ivey's goal is to win Summer League MVP. But last year, if I remember correctly, like, after the third game, like, they sat Kate out. Like, yep. So, like, it wasn't even... Same with the other guys, too. They only played three games. So I wouldn't be surprised for that. But overall, like, if you actually look at this roster, I think this is, like, if they played all five games, like, Killian Hayes, uh, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, I mean, that team is Summer League champions right there. I think... <laughs> I think for sure they have a lot of talent on the team. I am kind of interested to see like Killian. Like um you say Saban Lee, like I want to see Killian. Last year he showed some flashes like in the summer league. I mean he was obviously good, but I think now is like if he's gonna play in the summer league, this is really like his time to like I wouldn't say dominate per se. He had one game against the Thunder last year where it was basically a G League roster and he was like the best player on the floor, but I kinda wanna see some moments of that, you know, Killian looking like all right, y'all summer league players, I'm an NBA player, like, straight up, you know, just doing his thing and passing the ball, passing the ball well, shooting, I'm going to be interested to see the shooting, Saban Lee, also, just want to see that jumper, that jumper, the form, I'm not going to lie, is just broken, like, it could be cash money mock, but, like, it can go in, but, <laughs> but that form is just, like, it's kind of disgusting, I'm not going to lie. But I, I also want to say quickly, these are the, these are the MVPs of the uh, summer leagues the past few years. Lewis King was last year. Oh, he's nice. nice. You got Brandon Clark, KJ McDaniels, Kyle Kuzma, Jerry and Grant, Jonathan Simmons, Ray McCollum Jr. I don't know him. Ian Clark. So does does Jaden Ivey want to be in that uh, yeah. company? That's some elite company. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say Kyle, Kyle Kuzma? 
elite mid company. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm with you guys. I think the first thing that I'll say in talking about Summer League is, everybody, let's calm down. Calm down with the overreactions and everything, all right? You know, Keegan Murray had a great, great Summer League opener, and everybody was going head over heels saying that he was the steal of the draft, even though it was pick four. (laughs) And then people, Chet had an amazing Summer League opener yesterday for the Thunder, and again, people are instantly calling him a great NBA player. Let's calm down on all of this. And the same can be said and vice versa of guys who have bad Summer Leagues. If Jaden Ivey goes out there and stinks it up, as a Pistons fan base, let's calm down. It, you know, Cade didn't have a great summer league last year. Everybody thought Jalen Green was the, the next MVP after last year's summer league. But the so what I'm trying to say, I guess, is like let's not go crazy with whatever happens. The biggest thing that the Pistons are looking for isn't necessarily wins. They just want development. They want to see that Ivy's shot maybe looks clean, that he can play with Killian Hayes, that Duran can be a legit rim protector. You know. It's all about the development. They don't need to see Ivy averaging 25 points in the summer league, and that's not going to happen anyways. But, yeah, let's let's calm down with the overreactions first and foremost. But when it comes to this roster, Vinayak, I agree with you. I think the most important player or the most intriguing player that this summer league is for is Killian Hayes, and that's just because it's well documented that it's been a rough start to his career. And I don't know if he'll play – um, even one game, it sounds like he will play at least one game and probably two or three. But we need to see some legit development out of Killian. It's been a rough start to his career. He had a rough first year, not a great second year. He hasn't shown too much development. This is the time when you're playing with lesser competition that you got to prove that you are that dog, exactly as Vinayak said. So I think Killian's important. Love. I would love to see Cade and Sadiq play. I you know, I'm kind of different from a lot of other people in that, yes, it's weird to have your number one pick from last year playing in the summer league, but I think it could be a very, very good idea and maybe something, by the way, that other teams start looking at because why not get those guys reps in a competitive atmosphere like the summer league? You know, why not play Cade with Jaden Ivey and Sadiq Bay? You know, see how these guys fit this early on and give them a little bit of a confidence booster. I think it makes sense. But obviously, we you never see that happen. I mean, Josh Giddy, the number six overall pick from last year, did play last night for the Thunder. But it's rare that top five picks play yeah. the year after. And I just want to actually, now we're looking at this. So Cade's trainer, Ashton the trainer, just said no two for the summer league. So I okay, that's well, much there, <laughs> there you, there you go. go. Yeah, and I, I mean, I expected that. Rod Beard kind of said that he'd be shocked if Sadiq or Cade played. But I think it's low-key, like, it's not a bad idea to let them get reps, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. with with other guys. But anyway, so let's go into Ivy and Durin. What do you guys want to see out of them that makes the Summer League a success for both of those players? Like, what do you need to see? Is there something specific? I think for Ivy, I'm not, okay, I'm not going to lie. For game predictions here, I don't think he's going to be this uh, crazy player. Like, just straight up. I think he's probably going to be the one, one of the players that struggles in the summer league. And then, like you said, the overreactions will come. But for me, I just want to see the shot just more consistent. I just want to, I kind of want to see, like, how his shot looks, like, in the NBA setting. Because that form is, he was working with John Beeline on his form. His form is still looks kind of off. So, that's something I want to see. I want to see him on, I want to see him shoot the mid-range as well. That's something that's been lacking. And show, like, a little hints of being a playmaker. So, if Cade isn't playing... And let's say like Killian's on the bench. I want to see like Ivy, you know, make some plays. You know, to see if he can make the right read and show off a little bit of his playmaking capabilities. And as for Duran, one of the parts for me that's really intriguing about him is the mid-range game that he supposedly has. I had until I watched the tape, I had no idea he even had that in his bag. But I want to kind of see him like you know experiment with that and see like if that's something that could actually translate to the NBA. So that's those are the two things I'm like really looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, I think for Ivy, at least, I want to see him, you know, how he does off ball, especially if Cade's playing. Like, can he be a threat off ball? Because, you know, I mean, I want Cade to have the ball in his hands, you know, 90% of the time, whether it's summer league or in season if he's playing. So, you know, I'm not going to let that that playmaking ability go away to someone else, especially if he's a rookie, you know, build that up. Um, For Duran, I just, yeah. 
I think I want to see him be a rim protector because, you know, obviously we have Stewart, but, you know, he's got three inches on Stewart in, in terms of height. So that's kind of what you want. You want to see, has he, like, matured? Like, is he going to be, like, a could he potentially be a starter by the end of this season and, you know, take, take uh, Stewart's spot in the starting role? Because, I mean, again, like, I like Stewart, but – He's not a long-term NBA starter, but, you know, for now, that's fine. But, yeah, when the rebuild's over, when we're trying to push for a playoff, you know, playoffs and stuff, that's when that's when you want Duran to be uh, be the starting, the center. So uh, that's kind of that's what I'm looking for out of those two. And just Ivy kind of, you know, I talked about it, like the, the whole one-speed thing. I want to see him, you know, not lose his balance on defense because, you know, he can over anticipate a lot and then loses his, de- his, uh, you know, the guy he's defending. So I kind of, that's kind of what I want to see from both of them. I'll say this about Isaiah Stewart though. Like if the jumper comes around, I think like, which it looks like it might be, by the yeah, way, yeah. there's a lot of videos on Twitter no, of it. For sure. And I think it is like, he show, he's shown flashes of it. I think like in the playoffs, I think he is like, you're starting like he's, he's the definition of someone who I think could play like small ball five and, a player that because he's a really good perimeter defender so he may like i, I so a lot of people say he's like a bench player and like sure but like i think if the jumper is like legit which is, i think it is he just didn't shoot it last year which is me and neil neil and i we've talked about like how frustrating that was last year but that comes around like i don't see why not like he's he's a player that on the playoffs the pistons are gonna need because in the playoffs everyone's shooting threes and basically if you can't guard on the perimeter you can't you basically can't play so it's my little rant on Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, you know, um, I could see both things happening, that he could turn into a legit NBA starter. But I could also see what Aiden's saying, that, you know, for all we know, maybe he's just that guy you bring off the bench to go fight LeBron James. Who knows? So, but yeah, anyways, having said that, with the Summer League and Ivy and Duran, I think for Jaden Ivy, you know, you guys kind of already said it the shot is the biggest thing for me. I think that I want to see a little bit of improvement with that form. And, you know, you're not going to get anything crazy with it just because, you know, this is a guy that has been shooting the same way his whole career. And so it's not going to develop like that suddenly and that quickly, but still, you know, you want to see some improvement there. I think playmaking is extremely important because if he's going to be playing next to Kay Cunningham, he needs to be a good playmaker because there will be times that Cade's off the floor and Ivy needs to be that playmaking point guard. And if Ivy wants to take that next step, he's going to have to be a good playmaker. And then as far as uh, Duran, I'm interested in the pick-and-roll game because we've talked we talked about it on the, the episode with Wilco, Florence Seelan, that you know at Memphis he never had a legit point guard. They, they didn't really run the pick and roll too often. And so I'm interested to see how that goes because now he's going to have Ivy running the point likely for him in the summer league. You know, we want to see some improvement there that he can run the pick and roll and be a consistent and a big time lob threat. And so I think that's important. I also agree, though, the shot is going to be very interesting. I'd, I'd love to see him develop a little bit of a mid-range game, even as early as the summer league. But we'll see. So... As far as the rest of the summer league for the Pistons, you know, it's premature to do this, obviously, but with the summer league, do you have any predictions on the Pistons record, let's say? And again, no need to overreact, everybody, if the Pistons don't win the summer league. You know, last year, I think everybody thought they were for sure winning the summer league with Cade and Sadiq, (laughs) if you guys remember that, and that did not happen, so... But, yeah, do you have any predictions with the Summer League or maybe give a stat line for Ivy and Duran, whatever you want? Um, I think, okay, I'll, I'll give this. The Pistons go 2-2. Two and two. I don't know who they beat. I'm actually low-key kind of pissed off that this game's at midnight. I'm probably not going to watch it. I'm not going to lie. But uh, I think they go 2-2. Two and two. I think the team, I think Jay and Ivy will, and I think Ivy and Duran will play like probably the first three games and then probably sit out the last one, I think, towards the end. I think the... The real reason the summer league is there really is for players who like are just trying to get contracts in ten days. Like I think that's what it's really for. So that's my prediction on the the record. But for, as far as stat lines, I think Ivy, damn, that's actually tough. I would say probably like 
13 points. <laughs> I was going to say that. And, and, yeah. <laughs> 13 points, like perhaps like five, re- five rebounds, maybe two assists. And then from shooting from three, I think probably like 32% from three. 42% field goal percentage. Bro, given the whole stat line. <laughs> like, I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of, I'll say overreactions on Ivy. Because, I mean, he is, I don't want to say project as like Killian Hayes project, but he's also someone who really, he has to put stuff together. And as far as Dern goes, he's going to miss the first one, it looks like. But um, I, I think like something like 10 points, 8 rebounds, something like that. Like, nothing crazy. Pick and roll, like you said, just... Just get him some lobs. Get him going on defense. Um, they don't play the Thunder, unfortunately, because I kind of wanted him to see him go against Chet. But um, they did. In they the did NCAA. in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. But you know, the summer league is just so much more intense. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, a lot of these teams, you know, Portland, Washington, Pacers, like their teams have not been that good. They've struggled like lately and they haven't had a like they still have some draft picks but they don't have a ton of draft capital which means that a lot of like some of their undrafted free agents like some of those guys who are on the end of their like nba roster are playing in this in like you know this uh summer league so for that reason like a lot of those guys who have a little bit more experience like they just pop off and everyone's like who are these people and it's like yeah, they're not first round picks, but they they still like you know practice with the team and stuff all last season. So, yeah, I'm not really expecting them to have like a specific win or loss, but I do want to see Ivy be consistent. I think he's gonna have some wild moments. There's gonna be you know he's gonna throw like you're gonna get a breakaway, throw one off the backboard and windmill it in or something like that. Like you're gonna see that from him, but I want to see him you know control a game or you know not control but you know at least make a proper impact and yeah for duran i don't really know like yeah he's probably not gonna play the first game so we'll see how he how quick he learns on the fly so that's kind of my expectations which are pretty much none (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think as far as record goes for the pistons I'm a little bit more optimistic just because of the teams that they're playing because I think they're going to beat Portland on Thursday just because I don't think Portland's team is that good. Their best player is a guy in Shaden Sharp who there's so many unknowns. By the way, that will be a fun game to watch, though, to finally get to see Shaden Sharp. Mm-hmm. That'll be very cool. But, yeah, I think you know I, I see them winning like three of the four regular season summer league games or whatever it's called. And then, you know, they get the extra playoff or consolation game, whatever. But, yeah, I don't I don't think you need to expect too much. I think the biggest hope that I have is that Ivy and Duran play all four of the first four games just because, you know, like we've said, a lot of teams don't usually play those young guys, the, the top picks that long. Kate Cunningham certainly didn't play for all four or five games last year. And so that's what I'd like to see. But as far as a stat line, I think – you know, I'm with you, Vinay. I'll go with your projections on Jaden Ivey. I'm not going to add too much there. With Jalen Duran, I guess I'll say, you know, I could see like 12 points, eight rebounds, and a block and a half per game. I guess that's what I'll go with. I think it's not too overly ambitious, but. I do want to add quickly that Portland's r- Summer League roster does include Luca Garza. Oh, wow. So oh. it's going to be. Revenge a tour. Yeah. I think Frank Garza is going to get on Twitter once he hits a three, like, that's my son! <laughs> <laughs> the Garzilla. Yeah. No, hey, that's interesting. I didn't even know that, actually, because I knew that we, we didn't pick up his option, but dang, going He's, to the trailblazers. I mean, I mean, let's just face it with Luca. Like, I, I just actually do want to address this. Like, a lot of fans were upset that we got rid of him, but, like, the kid can score, but he can't, can't play, play defense. He can't play defense. Can't play defense. <laughs> Just, Every time he runs, I laugh because his body just is not meant to run. <laughs> like that's I don't know. That's all I gotta say. Like I have no ill will towards him, but his body just not meant to move that fast. Yeah, and the national player of the year, like um, I was actually looking at, only four out of the past fifteen have become like superstars, and then like I think eleven, eleven of them are like there's like eleven in like the past like 15, Trey Burke. Yeah, like they're like. 
borderline in the league or if not like out of the league like i think jimmer for debt is like a class like luca garza reminds me of jimmer for debt you know except for debt was actually taken in the lottery so yeah i'm not sure what this conversation was going but i mean like yeah. some of those guys do i mean trey yeah. burke was another lottery yeah. pick uh denzel valentine was like fringe lottery i think so yeah. like i mean yeah that's also how the NBA used to draft, though, because they used to draft more on surefire guys rather than potential right. like they do nowadays. Right. But, yeah, all right. Um, so to finish off, I guess, the Summer League conversation, as far as the Summer League as a whole, not just for the Pistons, what are you guys looking forward to? Are there any teams, any specific players? I know I said Shaden Sharp. I'm very excited about that one. But any other players or teams that you're really looking forward to see? Well, first, I want to say – as the person who said who had Chet as the number one player on their big board, I just want to say thank y'all for letting me have this because because he went off last night and I, I expect him to you. keep going off. I think he really is the best player in this draft and like his potential is there. And I think OKC, I don't know, I don't know if they'll be the ones to unlock it in the long run but they're they're seeing it right now and their team is just obviously full of first round picks because of sam presti and you know they'll probably compete for the summer league championship but you know he he really is catching people's eyes already um another person i mean i want to see ben matherin because obviously we talked about him a lot so I want to see how he is on Indiana and, you know, I guess a little bit of what could have been. No, for sure. I will say on chat, like, I know it's not to overreact, but if someone drops 23, 7, 4, and 6 blocks, like, it's ridiculous. I watched I watched him, too. Like, the way he was just, like, pulling up from 3, like, and he's 19. He's only, like, 19 years old. So I'm definitely excited to see that. But um, for me, I would probably go San Antonio Spurs. I'm, like, very, very excited. I actually have picked a new player to kind of hop on the bandwagon. Last year, I was on Darius Garland. You know, I, I, I've i called him an all-star, and what do you know? He became an all-star. I'm not going to say I have powers or anything. And I've also been high on uh, Simons from Anthony Simons from Portland. But a player that I'm, like, kind of intrigued to see his growth and development is Josh Primo. You know, he was a lottery pick last year, and a lot of people were surprised by that pick. But he was actually, like, he was born December 2002. So... He's technically, like, the same age as, like, the prospects in this class. So he should be, like, a lottery pick in this class. But um, his development, because San Antonio didn't play him as much, but he's shown a lot of flashes. 6'5", six, 6'9", six, wingspan. And, yeah, I'm, I'm like, kind of high on him. I think, I think he has a lot of potential, and I'm excited to see him. Also excited to see their picks of uh, So Chan and Malachi Branham, my guy. Um, we used to go way back, you know, back in St. Mary's. He was... <laughs> 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 no nah, but i'm excited to see him and blake wesley the just the guards and they have it'll be interesting they're they have like a lot of young pieces so it'll be exciting to see them for sure yeah i think matherin was my initial pick just because I, i'm interested to see how he does being that main guy in the summer league but i think his role with the pacers long term will be it'll be interesting is all i'll say just because they have tyrese halliburton i think matherin I'm not sure how he'll do with that team, but they did just trade Brogdon, by the way, so yeah. I think he'll pretty much be a surefire uh, starter from day one. But that'll be that'll be a cool roster that the Pacers got going on there. I think Chris, Chris Duarte is on that roster as well. Hmm. But I'll Hall- go. Halliburton's not playing in the summer league, too. No, he's not. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if he. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I'll go with the Houston Rockets, the team that we all hated last year, and for good reason because. <laughs> God, their fans are annoying sometimes. But I, I'm interested to see, though, how Jabari does in the summer league, kind of being, again, that number one option like he's always been his whole career. But I want to see, does he have that self-creation? All of the issues that a lot of people talked about prior to the draft, is he kind of working on that? Is he is his dribbling getting better and so on? I want to see that. I also want to see Tata Washington out of Kentucky. Tata, you know, he's, he's a good player. He was a good Late pickup for the Rockets. And then they got Josh Christopher playing, as well as Usman Garuba from my favorite soccer team, Real Madrid. Just kidding, the basketball team. But, yeah, Garuba's back. You know, he was another guy that they picked last year in the first round. So they got a lot of good talent on that team, and we'll see how the Rockets do. I think they'll certainly be competing for the Summer League Championship. For sure. 
And to move on, so that that's kind of like the summer league portion of this episode, and this is a really bad transition by me. <laughs> but the Pistons have also, not only with drafting players, they've been really busy trading for players, um, signing players. And so now we're going to kind of recap free agency so far. And so I guess the first thing that we all need to talk about is Marvin Bagley, Detroit, has extended him and re-signed him to a three-year, $37.5 million contract. What are your initial thoughts on that? Was it the right amount of money, the right amount of contract length? What do you think? I'm I'm not going to lie. Like When I first saw the, the contract, I was like, all right, this is good. But then he has no options on it. And then someone on Twitter brought up a really good point that was just like, who who is Detroit like competing against? Like I feel like we were so quick to give him that contract. Like I don't think anyone was really competing to get Marvin Bagley. So from that perspective, like yeah, it's like I I guess you could say it's a little bit of an overpay, but um I mean it, it is what it is. Like I, I don't I don't hate it. It's not like we like completely overpaid him. I just I have a feeling that Bagley isn't like gonna be part of like I don't know if he's going to be the starting five. Like I don't think he'll be in the starting five too because he has, he just is not good at defense. Like it's just, he's jumpy. He's very athletic, but he's just the defense is lacking. So that was something that I don't know if it'll, that'll be kind of this, the thing that kind of makes or breaks him as a player. So he can definitely like go up and make it like he could drop like 20 and 10. Like he could be that player and make the contract worth it. But I think it's a slight overpay, but at the same time, in the long-term grand scheme of things, the Pistons just have so much flexibility. Like it almost just doesn't matter. You know, it's just a matter between like two or three million. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, the amount of cap, like the cap space is there. I kind of had a feeling that he wasn't going to take that tender. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, no, like you were saying, like you said last time, no one does. So I mean, I didn't really ex- expect him to. I think it's a reasonable price. Uh, I mean, I don't know who was competing with them for him, but you know, obviously, they they see something that like no one else did except Sacramento, I guess. But even then, like he didn't really want to be there. So obviously, they see something in him that they like. So by all means, um, I do. I mean, yeah, Neil, what more do you have to say on that? <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I think initially I thought the money was was I don't know a little too much but like let's be honest guys I don't think it matters too much if we're being real here this year the money does not matter because as we saw with the New Orleans Noel trade the Alec Burks trade the Kemba Walker trade uh sorry they're all I guess in the same trade by the way but you know they they brought in all of that money because they're not gonna they weren't gonna go out and pay a, a big big time free agent this year and I think that was the right decision and next year I'm not sure if they go all in on free agency that remains to be seen but even if they do Bagley by the way is the second highest paid player now on the Pistons and that's with the contract of twelve million like they are right. they have so much flexibility for the future that they'll be just fine. I will say I was hoping it would be a two-year deal because unlike a lot of Pistons fans, I'm not completely sold on Marvin Bagley. He doesn't play defense and he doesn't shoot. Those That is a recipe for disaster in the modern NBA. And I understand that the Pistons looked better with Bagley. I understand that Cade looked better with Bagley. But let's let's not call him the long-term starter just yet. He's a solid player, and no matter what, we'll have a role in the NBA but I'm not sure if that will be being a starter long term. And so that remains to be seen. But I think it's a good signing, you know. The all of the projections, the adjusted average value, the AAV as it's called, had Bagley projected to make ten to twelve million per year in a contract. And so this was slightly over that. It's technically a slight overpay, but I don't think it's a big deal when you're paying a guy twelve point five million or whatever it is. And it's just, you know, three years, like I said, I hoped it would be two. And like Vinayag, I hope that at least maybe the third year was a team option. That's not the case. But I don't think it's a big deal, to be honest. Most definitely. I think, <laughs> I, th- I mean, I, I think it, was, it yeah. just it doesn't harm us uh, moving forward. But um, I actually, I, I can take this too. So the Pistons made another move too. They made, um, they got Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel in a trade. What do you what are you guys' thoughts on that? Like what was what was your initial reaction to this to us taking those contracts and 
my okay my general feeling is that noel will get waived or like bought his contract will get bought out and they might keep burks but i I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are gone but i don't see how they keep nerland's noel especially you know they didn't trade kelly olenick they didn't you know they're they re-signed bagley they just drafted duran i just don't see him like playing for this roster that's interesting. I, I haven't heard too many. I was going to ask you guys on this. I haven't heard too many people saying Noel will get traded. But so I'll say my thoughts first. Which yeah, is I don't that, think he'll. I, I, I just don't see him playing here. I, yeah. I don't know if he gets traded or bought out or what, but I just don't see him playing. Yeah, I'll say with that trade, I think Burks is for sure going to be in Detroit from what it sounds like, especially because. I mean, they still have $9 million left in cap space, and they haven't really signed anybody with it yeah. other than the Kevin Knox thing, which we'll talk about in a <laughs> second. But, you know, I thought they were going to go after Bryn Forbes or Malik Monk or whoever. They haven't done that. And so with Alec Burks kind of plays a similar role to those guys, and so that leads me to believe that he's going to be here long term. And, by the way, let me just say with that trade, fantastic job by Troy Weaver. Let's give it up once again for Troy Weaver because – you know, you you trade. They traded nothing, literally nothing. They made Tom Gore six million dollars richer. They got that six million dollar cash cash exception or whatever. And so, you know, they traded nothing. They got two second round picks back, and you get two guys in Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks that Troy Weaver I think will once again flip at the trade deadline next year for more assets. It's just it's great business over and over by Weaver that they're not trading that much away they're constantly getting stuff back but anyways i'll say with nerland's noel i don't think he's going to get traded i think he has a role as a really good rim protector i wouldn't be surprised i'll put it that way but i was going to ask you guys right now this team has four centers on their roster frankly i mean i guess stewart and maybe a kelly olenic can play the four but you pretty much have four centers in duran isaiah stewart kelly olenic and nerland's noel on your roster what happens with those four yeah, like for me, I wanted I wanted to say Kelly Olynyk should be gone, but at the same time, he's like the only center out of those group of people who can actually like has shown he can shoot. Isaiah Stewart still like, although we think he can, he hasn't like officially like really shown that. So I think yeah, I'm kind of with Aiden. I think Nerlens Noel will get. Tra- I think he'll be on the roster. Like he'll be on the roster till like the trade deadline, and then they'll look to move him. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with the with the center position. I don't think though Duran will start. I don't. I don't think so. I think they're gonna bring him on very slowly. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I I never. I don't expect him to start at the beginning of the season. But if he's really like who they think he is, I think by the end of the season he could. Perhaps like when yeah, we're like tanking and shit. But perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see. I, I don't know. I think I agree that he probably doesn't start right away. But I think he will start maybe sooner than people expect because I think he has an NBA-ready body, even though he's only 18. Right. He's the youngest player in the draft and so on. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. That'll, that'll be an interesting thing to watch out for. I It's fair to say that Troy Weaver probably isn't done because, you know, like you guys are saying, I, it's hard for me to see them go into the actual regular season with four guys at center, and maybe they try to play Isaiah Stewart at the four and try to develop him there so that he can long-term play with Duran in the starting lineup. I don't know. But, yeah, man, it's interesting. And, and the other signing that was caught a lot of people off guard was the Kevin Knox signing for two years, $6 million, just $3 million per year. You know, frankly, it's an inconsequential contract, if we're being honest here, but do you have any thoughts on Kevin Knox as a player? He was, of course, the number nine pick in the 2018 draft. What do you guys think? He can shoot the ball. I'm actually excited. <laughs> like, it's actually genuinely, like, I'm kind of excited. I think just New York, you got the short end of the stick. Like, they had Chris Stapps at one point. Then they got him. And then right after, they drafted R.J. Barrett. They picked up they got Julius Randle. Then they went and drafted Obi Toppin. Like, it just feels like they built up like a log jam at that three and four spot that he just couldn't really get his game off the way he wanted to. I mean, yeah, he's a 34% three-point shooter. I think he'd be a solid like off-the-bench guy if they need him at, at pretty much no money. Like, you're paying him $3 million a year. That's a steal. And, you know... I kind of, you know, obviously he and Trey Lyles didn't play the same position, but kind of that role of like 
come off the bench, you know, give a couple threes, maybe not be as terrible defensively as Trey Lyles was because he kind of drove me nuts, uh, like, you know, 10 games into the season when he just did not know how to like defend a like brick wall. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, that's intriguing because I do think that the Knicks kind of screw a lot of their players over and he's one of them. So, you know, maybe, maybe this is the place he can turn it around and his contract is very like manageable. So if he kind of, you know, pops off, like given 10 points per game, you could flip him for, you know, some decent. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Troy Weaver loves his reclamation projects. Now, unpopular opinion here. I don't think people act like he's just doing these these projects and they're like successful all the time. But like Josh Jackson, he's all right. He's all right. But like he wasn't like no. success. Dennis Smith Jr. got injured. Like he he takes the chance. Like people like act like these like things are like so amazing. These players are like revitalizing his career. I'll give him Bagley because Bagley got a contract. But I'm not really. My expectations are pretty low for Knox. Um, if he can do stuff, if he can. If he can shoot the ball well, get like you said, ten points or hit a couple threes a game, I think that's good. We were, me and Neil were on Twitter Spaces talking with the fan that I think fans that are like hating the signing are just like really just not looking at the big picture. I mean, come on, it's three million dollars yeah. a year. I mean, yeah. Can is, I say with that? Yeah. I mean, I didn't even realize because it was the guy on Twitter that had to tell me, um, and I think his name's Cody, by the way, to shout him out, but. He was telling me that Pistons fans, because I didn't realize that Twitter was the Pistons Twitter was like, oh my god, this is an awful signing. They're, why are they giving six million to Kevin Knox? Blah blah blah. Bro, it's six million. It's three million a year. It doesn't matter. There's like, there's essentially no risk. Exactly. Like all reward. Exactly. Like if he if he is bad, that's fine. They don't right. they don't expect him to be <laughs> right. a great player anyway. Yeah, you're paying him three million a year. You think he's gonna be you know the centerpiece to a championship team? Like, and, and, hey, maybe that was the case in 1980 that right. the three million dollar contract. Right. Got you, yeah, but that's not the case nowadays when you got Nikola Jokic and all these other guys making 56 million a year. Like, anyways, shout out Darius Garland. Oh, he got the bag and that that kind of leads into actually before we get into the nba free agency which we'll talk about quick since i know we're going over but is there any moves left for the pistons yeah probably one i don't know i don't know what it is but probably one more two more i low-key think they don't even because their roster is actually set at 15 so they may just go into they're gonna do the boring thing and just go into uh training camp with the roster as is and then go from there i think perhaps maybe someone from the summer league gets signed to a two-way I think Braxton Key's still on the roster. Maybe they'll yeah. move him up. But I think they just want to keep their... There's no one really left to sign, you know? TJ Warren was my guy, and he's on the Nets now, which credit to the Nets. Despite losing, despite all this, they're still signing free agents, so... Which is weird, by the way. Yeah. Um. And Aiden, actually, you say what you were going to say, because I'll get into the next topic. No, nah, I was just going to say, like, whether or not they sign another guy, like, it's no big deal to me, honestly, because... I think they're going to ride it out for the rest of this year just with, you yeah. know, what they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're listen, they're not, they're not going to sign anybody big. That's done. You know, they only have 9 yeah. million left in cap space. I could I I will say this. I want them to sign with that remaining money for, you know, literally just a one-year deal, a veteran that can help with the leadership of the team cuz they they have no veterans on this team if we're being honest. Kelly Olynyk, Corey Joseph are like the oldest players. Rodney Magruder, Alec, <laughs> Alec Burks, Alec Burks, and Burke, oh, Burke, that, Burks. Okay, is good fair. Too. I forgot about Alec Burks, but you know, I want to see somebody. We said it in the last mm-hmm. episode of maybe Nick Batum. I don't know, but he's he's off the board now. So, yeah. anyways, I could see that happening, but for being honest, not much else will happen. So that leads into the last topic of the day, which is the NBA free agency as a whole, and of course, Kevin Durant, KD. You know. Big stuff going on there, but with the Nets, you know, Vinay, you just said it. They just signed Warren. They just signed Edmund Sumner. Sumner. They signed a couple other players. The TJ Warren signing is weird. The Royce O'Neal signing or trade was weird because doesn't it kind of seem like, and yeah, this is me doing a Brian Windhorse. Bruh. What's uh, going on in Utah? <laughs> homie thought he was onto something like yeah, he was though <laughs> he kind of was yeah he said that the morning of the trade for rudy gobert but like why are you bringing tj warren is that just a reclamation project there or shouldn't they be doing that for um you know competing next year it's, i don't know it sounded weird to me but anyways 
what what is Brooklyn doing here, and where does KD go? Okay, so my theory is that so Brooklyn doesn't have their picks from the Harden trade, so they they just need to compete, and also they re-signed Patty Mills too. So I think Brooklyn believes that they can still feel the competitive roster even with the trades of KD and Kyrie. There's also a part part of me feels like they're gonna low key try to just bring him back. Like I don't the fact that there just hasn't been a trade done. Just makes me think that they may like they'll at least like talk about it, but I think Brooklyn can get some serious value here, and they they just need to be a playoff team basically because if they can get the picks from another team, they just need to be a playoff team so they don't make sure like you know the value that they're giving to Houston is too much. So I kind of I like people are gonna roast Brooklyn. They obviously took a chance, and you know you have to make that if KD KD and Kyrie Irving you can say whatever you want about them as like people and whatever, but. If both of those players are joining your team, you have to take the chance to at least try to build a roster. And it didn't work out, but with this KD trade, like they can really like Rudy Gobert got five fucking first round picks. Like nah, it was no. four, four, yeah. four, and then uh, Kessler, right? But <clears throat> yeah, but still though, like Rudy Gobert got that much. I think the Nets they have a lot of leverage, so I'm interested to see like the package and if they could get Scotty Barnes. Like I think you could say it's a win. Like the whole the whole fiasco with KD carries a win. They could somehow get scotty barnes but I think, yeah let me just say with yeah. with everybody knocking sean marks in the brooklyn front office bruh like like Vinay just said everybody every team in the nba if kyrie irving and kd wants to go to your team yeah. you take that chance exactly like let's just be honest and the fact is with kd getting traded they will farm out a whole nother team bruh because <laughs> I mean, I made a bunch of trade scenarios, and I think the best one for Brooklyn is probably Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And with that trade, you have to get DeAndre Aiden to agree to go to Brooklyn or to agree to a contract that he would then be traded to Brooklyn. But, man, I mean, you look at Phoenix, they could get, like, five first-round picks, Mikal Bridges, DeAndre Aiden for Kevin Durant. Maybe, maybe it's not five. Maybe it's four first-round picks because you're getting two great players back in return. Point is, though... Brooklyn will be just fine. I mean, in all seriousness, they will be just fine. They're going to trade Kyrie Irving also. He, he'll he get them back at least a first-round pick as well. Like, come on. Let's let's stop knocking the Nets' ownership in front office. It was unfortunate it didn't work out. And I think it is a good example, though, of how you cannot let players lead your team. It has yeah. to be a front office and a coaches-led team. That was not the case in Brooklyn. Steve Nash had no say over that team, if we're being honest. And so... Yeah, but I, I don't think it's that bad. Aiden, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, excuse me. I think for the KD situation, I think he may try to ride it out for the rest of the season. We'll see. I think they could they could convince him something to be like, hey, you know, like obviously this is a shitty situation. Like, you know, come back one more season. You know, we got someone like Royce O'Neal because obviously the, the point of him leaving – because of Kyrie is not because he wants to I mean he does want to play with Kyrie but mainly because the rest of that Brooklyn roster is not good without like Kyrie and the whole Ben Simmons situation like I mean that's kind of you know that's just a weird situation and like something I don't think KD wants to deal with because he's already dealing with Kyrie's so yeah for that I think I think the goal there was like a Golden State package where it included like it was like one or two first round picks, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, and like I don't know, someone else. Might have been yeah, it might have been like Kaminga or Wiseman or somebody like that. Which like honestly, I think that might be as good, if not better, than the Phoenix trade. But well I mean, obviously this is all hypothetical, so we'll see. But yeah, I think for Kyrie I don't know. It depends. I wonder how much of a haul because Gobert, I think, I mean, Kyrie's a better player than Gobert. Like, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, obviously. So he's only on a one-year contract, though. That that is true. So it it depends. Like, you got to weigh your options. I think the TJ Warren signing, like, it's just weird because TJ Warren, his mentality is it's TJ Warren time. (laughs) <laughs> and like you know, I don't think that's gonna fly with KD, um, because you saw TJ Warren in the bubble like that. He's I mean, like that was MVP it, man. TJ Warren time, but yeah, 
Um, but I mean, I think the Royce O'Neal signing is not bad. I mean, I don't mean to be like windhorsed and like dive into it, like read between the lines, but still, like I don't think that's terrible. Like you got a half decent roster now. You know, Ben Simmons may or may not be coming back. Like you could probably convince KD to ride it out for another year. Can I say this about Kyrie? Like the people are people are saying. I think Windhorse said like the Lakers are the only team that want him. If I'm the Nets, like I'm keeping Kyrie. I do not want Russell Westbrook on my team like that. No, Russell what like uh <laughs> like uh, I saw this video. There was like Russell Westbrook and Ben, and ben Simmons. Simmons. <laughs> It'll be the BBB, <laughs> the Brooklyn Brick Brothers, like. <laughs> Like, nah, bro. Like, but you see also the other memes of Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook on the same team, and it was like the backboard was just shattered. Shattered, yeah, bro. It's, it's, oh, my God. There is a way that Charlotte could get involved, and they could take back Russ's contract and shed, like, get their contracts out. So it'd be like Rozier and I think, like, Hayward or something to yeah, Brooklyn, which I think Hayward. would be, like, worth considering. If I mean, that's, a, I guess, a reasonable return along with some picks for Kyrie. But if Russell Westbrook is the best thing you can get, like, just keep Kyrie and just, just let him be. I mean, at best, I mean, if he plays, he's a great player. If he doesn't play, then it's just Kyrie, you know? I mean, why not trade with just Charlotte? Because, yeah. I mean, the whole Miles Bridges thing, like, that situation, obviously, he's not coming back. I don't, I don't even, he's, he's not coming sign. back to the league, period. So, there's that. So, that they they might have some room open. And, yeah, I guess you could trade with some other team to, you know, uh, empty up some cap space um, and just do some salary dumps. But, yeah. Well, I think the thing with Westbrook, here's what I'll say. Only anybody in the league should want Russell Westbrook. That's quite clear. But he only has one year left on that yeah. contract. Yeah. And so, yes, it's bad, but maybe you put up with it just for a year. The issue that I think, or the, the bigger issue for the Lakers, in my opinion, they don't have assets. They no. don't have picks, nothing. They traded that all away for Anthony Davis. And so even if they really badly want Kyrie Irving by salary-wise, the only thing that they can do to match that salary that Irving would be bringing in is Westbrook. But then from there, they don't have the picks to go give up to Brooklyn to compensate that negative value that Westbrook now brings. And so, yeah, it's tough for, for the Lakers. I kind of think the only way he gets traded there is if a third team is involved. Yeah. But we'll see. You know, these GMs have had a way of getting around cap space or getting around the cap and so on in so many ways that none of us know about. So that'll be interesting to see. I think the Kevin Durant scenario and situation is also really interesting. Aiden, it sounds like you're saying more that he'll stay there. I kind of think he has to be traded, to be honest. I'll also say this real quick. Man, if I'm KD... Why would I want to go to Toronto when this is the same Toronto fan base that was cheering him after he tore his Achilles? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I know that they're they're supposedly giving up the bag for him. but I, I mean, the, the other thing with Toronto, though, is they can make any situation a good situation. That is true. They are one of the best organizations just top to bottom. And, yeah, they. I mean, they can make any situation good. If giving up Scotty Barnes, I don't think they'll like, do that. I don't think they'll oh, no. do that. I mean, but I don't think Scotty's like that. I would do that any day. No, yeah, I would trade Scotty Barnes for KD, but I don't know if Toronto would do that. Like that, yeah. that's what I'm saying. They probably, I mean, I feel like they would give up Siakam first because just because the, they have Van Vliet. You give up Siakam before Barnes, okay? But like, look, look at their contracts. Look at their cap space. If you if you can't, I don't know if you can have Siakam, Van Vliet, and KD on the same roster just in terms of money wise they'd be way over it they'd be way over the cap the thing about barnes though which i'll say i mean this is a this is the argument from raptors fans and i think the front office believes it too they kind of did this trade for a star and win a championship they did it with Kawhi leonard in 2019 i think a large portion of the fan base like really just wants to see it happen more organically and bro scotty barnes if you guys like know him as like a character he's just like he's he's someone that the fan base has fallen fallen in love with and i think the front office is like extremely. I think I'm looking at the Jake Fisher reported that they're just unwilling to add him. So the only way I think Toronto will get him without giving up Barnes is giving up like like you said, like a boatload of picks and probably Siakam, maybe OG. Like it, they'll have to give up a lot. Which then you may bother the question: Is it worth the? This is the thing with the Kevin Durant trades. Like, is it even worth it for? If you're asking for so much, is it even worth it at that point? But I think Phoenix is good. 
My team is uh, Denver. I think Denver is going to uh, Denver's going to make a trade. That, okay, that would be interesting. I, I'd I'd say Portland needs to, but yeah, that'd be interesting. All right, so we're going to wrap up this episode. We've been gone a little long, frankly, <laughs> as always. But yeah, as always, we have a certain target runtime. We always go over it, but it's all good. So yeah, that will pretty much do it for this episode. I'll ask you guys real real quick. What did you think of the Go Bear trade? What is Minnesota doing, and is that going to work out? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, Cat Go Bear. Like, it feels like a like the '94 Houston Rockets, where like <laughs> you have Samson and uh, Elijah Wan. So I don't know. It's it's weird. Yeah. I've never looked. I've never thought Minnesota was that smart of an organization. But like, obviously, they added defending to a team with like no defenders because i mean i guess cat's good but like d'lo and edwards not a great defender or yeah yeah, but like d'lo and edwards not are bad defenders so like yeah i mean they got one defensive player who wins who wins dpoi like a little or like he just makes first team defense like all defense just kind of like yeah, he just makes it because he's seven three. Like he doesn't really make it because you know he has a lot of skill. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think it was like kind of a short sighted trade. But I'll say I'm intrigued to see how the Timberwolves look, and who knows they can put it together. And this is also a thing that like if it doesn't work within one or two years, just trade it. Just trade everyone. Trade everyone. Get your get your picks back and run it like that. But um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think Utah did the best thing. That was. An that amazing was, yeah, no, masterclass by Danny Ainge. I'm not Utah. believing. I'm not believing that they're gonna build around Donovan. I think he'll get traded too. But like, yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. What's Good. going on yeah. in Utah? Yeah, I'll say you know, last thing on this. I think four first round picks for Rudy Gobert is insane in Absurd. my head, especially when he's making that humongous contract that he is, he did or he is. Excuse me, that is insane. But hey. More power to the Timberwolves. I always respect teams going for it, like really going for it, really getting aggressive. But, man, I don't know how that lineup's going to work out. Anyways, that will do it for this episode of the Three Rings Podcast. Make sure to be on the lookout for any future episodes. We'll be having some going over, of course, probably whatever happens with KD, but definitely the Pistons Summer League as well as any other news that comes along. So thank you guys all for listening. We really appreciate all the support. Check us out on all the social medias. And, yeah, we'll see you next time on the Three Rings Podcast. Peace.